Thank you for connecting to this podcast for Faith Renewed. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. off a brand new series today. Amen. Uh, We're kicking off a brand new series today. It is called The Last Seven. And um, I'm excited, you know. Again, I I love uh, everything God does, but it's exciting. And um, maybe that's why most churches do like series every four weeks of brand new, because it it is fun. But I'm as excited today as we jump into a new series today called The Last Seven. And we we spent a couple of years in the Old Testament, went through the Old Testament together and kicking off this new series today. And this is the words that Jesus spoke while he hung upon the cross. And there are seven statements that we can see, and these happen through uh, it, putting the Gospels together. We don't see any of just a standalone books of the Gospel share all seven of these, but we get to have the luxury now today looking back, seeing the whole Word, and seeing these seven statements put together. These are things that Jesus said on the cross, and this is what I love about what Jesus said on the cross. What Jesus said at death brings us life. Come on, amen. Tell your neighbor, say, these words bring us life today. These words bring us life today. And so I'm going to hope for this. This is just one of those things I'm going to hope for as a pastor. I I hope today, just as we just journey through this series, as we go through and just spend time in in, in the Gospels and spend time in the words of what Jesus spoke, I I just hope that it will just spontaneously just erupt out of you at, at different moments throughout the services. Worship and praise. <clears throat> and, I, and everybody goes, well, if I guess out of order, or what it? no, it's not going to be out of order because the Holy Spirit's going to lead this place. He leads everything. But, but this should do something in us. As we think about the words of Jesus, as we look at what he said upon the cross, it should just stir up an amen out of us. It should just like release a worship out of us, a praise, and, and like not when like I get in the zone. I don't just erase that. I'm just, and I'm thankful. This church is so cool, man. Yeah, I don't, now I don't have to perform, and, and just I'm able to get up here and share the word, and you love it, and, and it's so cool. But just even like, even just in the moments, just like while you're sitting there, all of a sudden it's like, Holy Spirit, just Jesus said that on the cross about you, for you, to you, and he wants to do something in you. And so this is just stir up something within our hearts. And so I want us to look at, for the next seven weeks, the things that Jesus said upon the cross. Now, we have to understand that Jesus was on the cross. That means some things took place before he got there. Now, we, w- we won't spend a ton of time here because we're going to look at this throughout the series. And um, on a Good Friday worship day, we're going to have, we're going to read some of this. But we see that Jesus was, was placed on trial. The, the sinless one was placed on trial. And he was, he was uh, then, then just taken from the trial and was beaten. Jesus was, was wrapped around a whipping post and, and, and stretched out and was beaten for us. And he, the stripes that were taken upon him, he, he was beaten beyond recognition. Uh, they, they took Jesus and they, they ripped out his beard. And, um, and some of the fellows here, y- y'all know what I'm talking about, man. You know, like if you just like, kind of like get a, one of them wild ones that, you know, that kind of grow out sometimes, man, you just, you know, maybe you don't, you're not this concerned as I am, I'm, but I'm concerned about mine. I, if I see like, one of these crazy ones, I'll be like, <laughs> and to think about it, it wasn't cute for Jesus. They ripped the beard from his face. They, they beat him beyond recognition. They stripped him. 
They tried to bring every bit of shame upon him that they could. And then they took a crown of thorns and they, they placed it upon his head. They twisted it into the skin of Jesus. And then they nailed him to a cross. He was crucified for us. And as he hung there, he spoke. Now I want us to look at the words of Jesus. Luke chapter 23. And I just want to give you a heads up. My eyes have been leaking a lot today. I don't know, just the spirit was going on. I had to, I had to pull off several times during worship and, and let the windshield wipers kind of clear my eyes. So if, they, if I get to leaking this morning, <clears throat> again, uh, whew, man, and as I think about these words, it, it kind of causes my eyes to leak. But 32, it says that this is Jesus hung upon the cross, we know, crucified for us. Verse 32 says that there were also two others criminals. I'm glad it didn't say two of the criminals because it was just two others and they were criminals because Jesus knows they're criminals. Uh, led with him to be put to death and when they had come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals on the right hand and the other on the left, then Jesus said, please zero in, pay close attention. What Jesus says. If you're a version Bible app user, this is on there as well, and it'll be on the screen. It's in your Bible. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Wow. And they divided his garments and cast lots. And the people stood looking on, but even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ, the chosen of God. The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. You know, Jesus wasn't there to save himself. He was there to save us. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. We see 11 words there spoken by our Savior that change everything for us. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. I just, as I was praying, I was actually going to shy away from the three things flow that come time God gets me in. And, uh, and I was going to do that in this message, but I was sitting in that office praying, and God gave me three things. So I want to give you a few things this morning that Jesus, that we can see about Jesus in this. And uh, the first one is, is this, Jesus prayed. Think about it for a moment. Jesus prayed. You, you, ever, you know, sometimes like we think about prayer and we're kind of like, uh, we kind of do that because like we've been bad. You know, or like I'm trying to get, get this thing worked out, trying to do better or whatever. That's not that's why Jesus was praying. Jesus prayed, though. Jesus was sitting here and hanging here upon the cross, giving his life, and he was praying. And there's just so much about that word. There's so much in prayer, what can happen there. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten men to preach. Because of what can happen through the power of prayer, there's so much that takes place here. And, and I don't know about you, and it's just like one of those things that sometimes, like, if you're pulling back and you're going to, like, try to spend some time in prayer, like, who gets distracted, like, when you're, like, going to go in and pray? 
Let's be honest. Some of y'all are like, I thought I'm holy. You know, I'm glory. I'm glory. Now, let's be real. Who gets distracted? Like, when you go to pray sometimes, why? But because the enemy doesn't want you to do this. He doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want you to go to that place and spend time in prayer. He didn't want Jesus to pray. He, he, he had him beaten so bad and he was, he was wounded so much for us that he wanted to get Jesus upon the cross, suspended between heaven and earth, and then get his mind into another place. But it's the first thing that we see that Jesus did while on the cross is he prayed. Why, why did that just flow out of him? It flowed out of Jesus because it wasn't new to him. It wasn't new to him. It wasn't one of those situations like, well, things are bad. I better start praying. <laughs> Glory to his name. I better, you know, nothing else is working. You know, they, you know, it's, you know what I'm talking about. We've done it. We've kind of had that mindset. Well, I've done everything else, and so I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start praying. And uh, you know, he, this is his go-to. This is, his, this is his go-to. This is what he does. And this wasn't new to him. We see throughout the Gospels that Jesus would like get alone. He would go. He would get by himself. And he would get in prayer. He would spend time. We, we find Jesus before all of this happens in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's having to come to, to, to the Father again and try to process all this happening in his life. And he does this through prayer. I'm thankful Jesus prayed for me. Oh, I'm so thankful. And I'm thankful right now. You know, this is pretty cool to think that Jesus is still praying for us. Right now. And I love it that Jesus today is praying. We see this in Romans chapter 8. Verse 34 says this. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, I love this. We're going to celebrate this in a few weeks, and we should celebrate daily, but we're going to zero in on this thing that furthermore is also risen. Amen. Jesus hangs on this cross, and he gives his life, but he also rises from the dead. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? Oh, man, I love prayer ministries and prayer teams, and we're seeing those things just continue to grow and flow, and I encourage you to get involved, be a part of that. But but this is so incredible to think that right now Jesus is interceding for us. He's standing in the gap for us. And so this is what the Father has to do for those who are in Christ. He looks at our life and he comes and he looks at what's going on. Some of you have some things going on in your life right now. And if you're not in Christ, he sees the sin. He sees the problems. But again, when we're in Christ, he looks and sees the Son. He sees Jesus who is interceding for us. And in one verse, it's amazing. We see the beginning heart for the Lord. We begin to see what God has. We see what Jesus does. And in the very first thing that we see Jesus say is this, he has a heart for the lost. And he does this through prayer. <clears throat> and again, Charles Spurgeon, man, but he, I just, again, these are just the things men have stood out in my study. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said that Jesus, as he prayed, as these words come out, and in the time frame in which he was saying this, as Jesus suspended between heaven and earth, beaten, broken, bruised, crucified, Charles Spurgeon said this, it was not a prayer for enemies who had done him an ill deed years before, but for those who were there and then murdering him. 
Not in cold blood did the Savior pray after he had forgotten the injury. And could the more easily forgive it. But while the first red drops of blood were spurting on the hands which drove to nails. While yet the hammer was bestained with crimson gore. His blessed mouth poured out the fresh warm prayer. Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Jesus taught prayer. Jesus modeled prayer. And Jesus prayed for us. And we watch him do this here. We watch him do this. We watch him pray to the Father. We watch this relationship unfold. And it was beautiful that we see him go to the Lord. And we go to him in prayer. And it's a model. And it's something that we need to learn today and draw from and do as well. It's not wait till it gets difficult and hard, but have a relationship and a time of prayer where we spend it with him. The very first thing that we see Jesus do is Jesus praying there. Tell your friend beside you, man. The one you didn't talk to last time I asked you to say something. <laughs> Jesus prayed for you. He prayed for you. Jesus prayed. And the second thing that I love that Jesus did here, Jesus not only prayed, Jesus paved. Don't just say, he just gave it to me, man. I got to give it to you. Jesus paved. He not only prayed, and, but he paved. And, and I don't know about you, like, we need some, some paving done on the streets of South Carolina like we've never needed before. Come on, somebody. somebody that's the first time some of y'all reacted to me. That ain't cool, man. That ain't good, but it's okay. I see your frustrations. Let it out. This is a holy place. We can do that. We can come boldly. We can be honest to the Lord. Come on. I know what you're telling. It's frustrating. But I mean, I mean, think about this for a second. How much more so do we need Jesus to pave the way and fix the things in our life and fix the situations, things that are happening here? And Jesus did this. Jesus didn't just like go in and do what they do on the side of the road. Sometimes pour a little something in it. Smoothed it over, man. He came in, man, and cleaned it out, wiped it out. He made a way to the Father. This Father that He is speaking to in prayer, He made a way for each of us now to have that same access into the presence of the Father. Jesus paved the way. Jesus opened a door for us that none of us could open. I don't care if you're holy, you think you're this or think you're that. Listen, you could not make your way to God in your best effort, but Jesus paved the way. God, he opened this up for us. He paved the door. How does he do this? How does Jesus do this? You know, he did, he did it through forgiveness. Because this is what he did. He didn't just pray like, hey, God, Father, hurry up. Ain't that our prayer most of the time? Father, hurry up. This paves a way for us. This changes everything for us. And I, I don't believe we'll ever be more like Jesus until we come to the place where we understand that it's through radical forgiveness that we come into a place of true freedom. And it's not easy, but it's also not optional. We, we understand that Ephesians 4.32 said this. He said to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. I don't believe it, and we see the flow of it. I don't believe true forgiveness can happen apart from prayer. 
So we see the avenue begin to increase. We see how this thing begins to work. Jesus modeled it. He prayed first, and out of that prayer, the the words of forgiveness begin to flow from that. And C.S. Lewis said this. He said, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. He said, you know, you didn't forgive them until you've been been hurt, or then you have to forgive. But this is something he's calling for here. And Jesus did this. Jesus paved the way. He opened up the door. And it's what we see what Jesus does. Jesus paved the way to our healing. Jesus paved the way to our salvation. Jesus paved the way to our true freedom that can only come through him. And he does that through forgiveness. And so some of us today, this is what we need to do, what Jesus did. We need to forgive. We need to let things go. We need to turn to Christ. And I can't preach forgiveness, and I won't preach forgiveness without always asking these two questions. We have to think about this. We have to look at our situation. We have to ask ourselves these questions. Who do I need to forgive? Who do I need to forgive? Who, who's hurt me? Who's wounded me? And again, think about it. Like, well, I can't, I can't think about it. That's still fresh. Well, well, when that happened? 37 years ago. Okay. And then it's like, well, Paz, you don't understand. Like, they wounded me, man. When did they wound you? 10 years ago. When, when? Well, Paz, no, for me, you don't understand my situation. I don't. Yours was last year. I understand. Yours may be last week. But Jesus modeled it in the moment while being beaten, while being nailed to the cross. He he releases the forgiveness. And so we understand this, that forgiveness is, is not for us now an emotion, but it's a decision. And so Jesus had every right to get emotional upon the cross about what he had faced, but he made the decision to forgive. He makes the choice, and he now comes in, and he is the ultimate sacrifice, and he gets it right. We ended the Old Testament in looking at Malachi and, and, and understanding that nobody could get it right. The whole Testament, they screwed it up every time, man. They would do okay for a little while, find a, a pretty decent animal to put upon the, 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 the altar. What did they do? Go back to it every time. You see it in the Old Testament ends with God saying to them, listen, you're giving these sacrifices that you wouldn't give to your government to me. And ultimately, it's, it's still the, it's the principle because of this. They didn't have anything to give that would truly satisfy the sin issue for them. Not ultimately. So Jesus does this. Jesus comes in, steps in, and paves the way. And he makes a decision and choice to forgive. And then so we must also ask the question, because it's real easy to say, well, who is it that, that I need to forgive? You know why? Because they've done me wrong. Second question always has to be asked when you speak on forgiveness is, who do you need to ask forgiveness of? Who have you hurt? Who have you wounded? And who do you maybe need to make a call, send a letter, an email, whatever, reach out to them and, and, and maybe release them and, and ask them to release you and ask for forgiveness again? Don't base their, their, their uh, kind of reaction to that upon the success of whether or not you've done what you're supposed to do. They hang up the phone, it's okay. You've done your part. If they, if they like, man, you know, uh, reply back, cuss you out, nothing you can do. Send you little bad emojis, you know. Can't nothing you can do, but but you can do this. You can do your part, and and this is what we need to understand. Listen, life is short. It's precious. 
we can't just uh, hold on to these things. And we can't let these things just stay there and keep a, and not allow to, to place to where we truly choose to forgive. Matthew 6, 14 says this, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Jesus wants to forgive you. He wants to pour into your life. This is what he decides and wants to do so badly for you. And so Jesus did this. Jesus prayed. Jesus paved. The last thing I want to just look at this morning is this, is that Jesus paid. Jesus paid, man. He paid it all. He paid it in full. And Jesus came and he set this example for us and he shows us here. And Jesus paid the penalty of our sin. He paid the bill. He paid a debt that we could not pay. And he, he did this through forgiveness and through prayer. And he says this. He says, Father, forgive them. And I think so many times we just need to look at that and just like really examine our hearts and, 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 and ask ourselves this question like, who is them? And I know my teachers right now are cringing because of my grammar. I know some of my people, y'all grammar people, y'all are like sitting there starting to shake. Your right hand's about to get, your knee going to start going in a second. That's Holy Ghost. Let it go. Just release it right now. <laughs> who is them? Who is who is them? And, and please excuse my grammar, but, but who is them? It's, it's like, what, it's, it's them. Okay, it was them. It was the ones who like were nailing the cross, nailed him on the cross. It was like those who had whipped him. That's them. That's who he's speaking of, right? That's who it is. Who is them? It's the ones that who were like yelling and like screaming and mocking him even after he was hanging there. That's them. And it was. Yeah, it's what it was. Jesus did that for them. You know who them is? It's me. It's you. It's just them. And it's like, I know, like, so easy for us to kind of, like, point out the faults in others, you know? And, like, Jesus refers this whole thing to, like, like we have a big plank in our eye, you know? And, and, and it's wild, man. You know, it, it is, it's, a, it's a trip, and maybe this is just going to help us for a second. But, like, that big plank in our eyes, like, sticking out, man. And it's like, you turn around, and stuff's, like, getting knocked down, and stuff's being destroyed, and stuff's getting all jacked up. And you're like, Pastor, I don't know. It's like every time I go around somewhere, man, it's like things are happening that shouldn't be happening. It's like stuff's falling down. Everything's just being wrecked and destroyed around me. I don't know. I, but it's just all sad. But you know what I did see, though? So-and-so. They need this message. They needed that Old Testament study with Josh. I'm going to send them the link, and you should. But, but you know who needed this? Us. <laughs> them and us. And 2,000 years later, we see something here that the them, it's me. And, and until you come to grips with that, understand that the them is you. You'll never be set free. It's, it's, it's amazing that we see Christ do this here for us. And, 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 and you really, I don't know, whatever it takes for you to come to the place where you really, like, it makes sense and clicks. Like, maybe you have to do this. Maybe you have to, like, go to the place in your mind 
to where it, like you're 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 bowed there at the foot of the cross. And like you're, you're thinking about what Jesus did, and you're thinking about the hammer that nailed the nail. Could have been you holding the hammer. You have to come to that place to where, like, you think about Jesus being beaten, being broken, being bruised, and say, Man, I was holding the whip. Yeah, we have to. You have to come there because if, if, you, if you never understand this and then see, well, you're like, Pastor, I would never do that. Well, you know why it had to be done? Because Jesus had to pay the bill. Jesus had to pay the penalty of our sin, and, and he had to pay the, the, the sacrifice. And, it, and it's a trip, and I, I think it's amazing, and it's cool, and it's like a, it's a good thing, and I encourage you to do it. But, like, you know, like when somebody, like, pays your bill, like, and you're in the drive-thru. That's awesome, is it not? That is, that's a cool thing. I mean, I, I think it's awesome. You're a Chick-fil-A, you know? I mean, God's chicken. And, uh, and you're, you're like, you're there. And, and for good news for the Simpsonville folks, open it back up Tuesday. <laughs> Come on. It's like Ichabod had been written over Simpsonville. The glory of the Lord had departed. But you know something? He's about to come back into that place, man. The, the glory's about to come in. Tuesday, man. But it's a trip that we think about, man. And we're like, somebody in front of me, they pay my bill. They don't, they don't know me. They don't know if I had the money, didn't have money, was going to get up here and have to beg and plead and ask Chick-fil-A cashier. Please let me have my chicken sandwich. They just did it. And, and it's awesome, and we get excited. But think about this. Jesus paid your bill and knew how bad you were. Knew how knew that, that you're getting to the counter, begging and pleading and moaning. What mark? Well, how about if I do worse and I try, I try and I do this? Yes, it's cool. Jesus had to pay the bill. And Jesus paid the bill for you to be free, not, not to be in bondage. There, there are people in this room right now that are in bondage. You have identity issues. You're, you're struggling with sexuality. You're struggling with sin issues. You're struggling with things that are messing with your mind and, and putting you into places of depression. And, and, you, and you're, you're struggling with lust for opposite sex, same sex. You're, you're struggling. You're struggling with things right now that, that I can't even pray, Pastor. I can't get my mind on him. I've got so many things going on. I can't do it. Jesus did this. Paid Listen, they're, they're, you can't. You're like, man, I'm going to get a second job, man. I'm going to work hard. And when the time comes, I'm going to work it out. I talk to people that are struggling with finances. like, man, we're going to work it out somehow. You can't work this out. You can't. You can't get there one day. And you can't say, well, let me work this out. No, you do this. You understand that Jesus paid the bill. And that, that you do this, you trust in him. You have to come to the recognition and understanding that this Jesus, he's who he said he is. He's who he said he is. And, and this centurion, the, the, actually one of the ones who nailed the nail, does this. 
I mean, he does this. It's, it's, this verse has been destroying me this week. Listen to this, verse 47 of, of Luke 23. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man. Certainly this was the son of God. He had just got through nailing it. He had just got through beating him. The revelation of who Jesus was came to him. He looks up and he sees him suspended. He does this. He said, you know something? Jesus is exactly who he said. He's who he said he was. And for some of us, listen, we've let what people have done, we've let what they've done and what they have said cause us to miss out on what Jesus has said and what Jesus has done. And this is what he said. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, take come up. And if you would, I want you to listen to this verse. First John 1 John 1.9 says this, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. He cleanses from all unrighteousness. It's amazing. And they get up there, and if you look at, and we read this already, and, and if you just even look back at the scriptures and begin to see the things that were spoken, listen again. Listen to what was said. In, in verse 35, it says that the people stood looking on, even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ, the chosen of God. But Jesus didn't save himself because he wanted to save you. He wanted to save me. So I want you to stand right where you're at right now. And if you're saved. If you've accepted, if you like, Centurion, you've come to a place where you say, I trust that Jesus is who he said he is. I've come to that. I've repented. I've trusted in him. I've, I've made that decision this morning. I'm saved, and I know I'm saved, and I'm so thankful that Jesus spoke those words. Just right now, just spend time in worship to him right now. Spend time in praise to him right now. Yeah, just spend time in honor and glory to him right now. Father, we honor you, Jesus. Thank you for saving us, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for praying for me. Thank you for saying the words. Thank you for paving the way. Paying my debt, God. Oh, man, just tell me thank you. If you're unable to do this right now, spend time in thanksgiving to him. Let this day be the day. And Hebrews, as you go down to the end of time, you see later on the words that were written that reveal to this. Listen, this reveals. This is a, this is a revealing of who Jesus is. This whole entire series is more of a revelation now of who Jesus is and what he did for us. Hebrews chapter 12. We're able to look down and we're able to see this words and 
He said this, that looking unto Jesus, he's the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. (laughs) What is the joy in that? What joy can there be by having your, you're just basically beaten and, and, and what? The joy is, the joy is this, that today, if you don't know him, you can be saved. What is the joy? The joy is this, that to know the price he was paying was set you free this morning. Pastor, you don't know how bound I am. You don't know how much freedom there is in Jesus. You don't know how wrapped up I am, man. You don't know how good God is. Jesus paid it For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So, Father, I thank you right now, Lord, for the words that were spoken from your son on that cross. And today, God, I thank you, Lord, that there's freedom here. And because Jesus prayed, paved and paved the way for us. We have all we need, Lord. If you weren't able to raise your hand just a moment ago and worship, I want to give you an opportunity to meet Jesus, get to know him. Like that centurion, it doesn't matter what you've done. Listen, our sin put him there, all of ours. Would you come to the place in recognition today that he's who he said he is? I invite you to do this just a moment. I want to invite you to come, step out. We want to pray with you. I want to introduce you to Jesus, man. I ain't got to pray and introduce anybody to Jesus in a little while. I'm ready. If you haven't done that lately, man, that should, there should be something stirred in you. Say, man, I ain't got to pray with nobody in a while to introduce me to Jesus. Oh, let that stir in your heart. Help somebody get started on the journey. Let's invite you to come. There's some here that you're, you're a Christian and you know Jesus. But listen, you're still bound up by some things that God doesn't want you bound up by. Jesus paid for that, paid for your, your freedom. And so today, listen, as a worship team ministers a song, I want you to do this. If you need prayer today, you need to come to Christ, you need just freedom from anything, or you just made a day, just realize, you know something, Jesus paid, so I don't have to stay sick. I'm going to go there and get me some healing. I don't have to stay bound up. I'm going to go there and get me some freedom. Whatever it is today, if you need prayer, I want you to step out. And if you know that you're saved, and you know that you've accepted that, and those words today should have done this to your heart, should have just stirred something up within you that God, through Jesus, got on a cross and forgave you. I'm going to ask you to do this as well. I'm going to ask you just to come and just stand and find you a place and just, and just worship and thank Him for it. Give Him thanks for that today. So if you need prayer for any reason, you can come to the front and kneel. You can step to the back or care room. Someone will pray and talk with you there. And if you're saved and you're thankful for those words that Jesus spoke, I want to ask you to come and find you a place. Just get with God as the worship team ministers just come. Thank you, Father. This has been a podcast of Pastor Terry Rogers brought to you by Faith Renewed. 
For more information about us, please visit faithrenewed.org. For questions, feel free to contact us via email at info at faithrenewed.org.